Today is March 28th, uh, Sunday morning, and we are continuing our series on the I Am statements of Jesus found in the book of John. Remember seven times he says, I am, he says, I am the bread of life. Number two, I am the light of the world. Three, I am the door. Number four, I am the good shepherd. Number five, I am the resurrection and the life. Number six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And today we see a rich one, a really rich one. And all of these are just wealthy and rich. I hope we have mined them slightly, but all, we've probably only scratched the surface. Today, he says, uh, perhaps one of the most interesting ones, Jesus says in John 15 and verse 1, join me as we gather together. By the way, welcome to all who are new today, and I hope that you will really enjoy this time and join with us every single morning as we get into the Word of God in prayer. John 15, verse 1, I am the true vine, my Father is the vine dresser. Today we're going to talk about this mystical concept of abiding in Christ, which how do you get your hands around what that really means? And we'll talk about what this is mean. But basically, what's he saying? I am the true vine. What's he referring to here? I think to understand, we need to go back to Isaiah chapter 5, and we'll begin reading in verse 1. Isaiah chapter 5, and Jesus says this, or excuse me, Isaiah prophesies. Let me now let me sing now for my well-beloved a song of my beloved concerning his vineyard. My well-beloved had a vineyard on a fertile hill. He dug it all around and removed its stones and planted it with choicest vine. He built a tower in the middle of it. He also hewed out a wine vat in it. All right, so he put a lot of work into this. I mean, have you tried to get stones and rocks out of ground before? You go to Israel and you see there's a lot of the area there is very rocky. And to get the stones out of it, that's a lot of work. He protected it. He, he, he hewed a protection around. He built a tower, obviously, for where you could stand there and, and watch for any predators, any, uh, anyone who'd come and destroy the vineyard. He, he put a lot of work into this vineyard. This is speaking of God towards Israel. He expected it to produce good grapes, but it produced only worthless ones. Now, this is speaking of Israel. And as we continue reading on, you see this, and it's, it's speaking of God. God had wanted Israel to bear good fruit for him, but it didn't. He had put so much into this, and it didn't bear good fruit. And so Jesus told parables in Matthew 21, for instance. He talked about how the vineyard owner sent, he wanted his vineyard. He put so much work into it, and he sent, he sent prophets. He sent, well, in the, it were, prophets is what it really were. In the, in the parable, he says he, he sent workers. He sent his, his servants to go and collect the wages. You know, he had this vineyard. He wanted to get some return for it. But instead... They would just, the, the people who worked the vineyard weren't giving the wages. They weren't producing the fruit. They were keeping it for themselves. And so when the master sent servants, they killed him. They beat him. They sent him back. He said, finally, I'll send my beloved son. They'll respect him. But no, they didn't even respect him. They killed him as well. And Jesus said in Matthew 21, he, verse 30, starting with verse 33, he said, I'm going to take this vineyard away from them. I've had enough. I'm going to take this vineyard away and I'm going to give it to someone else. Uh, we're going to give it to someone else. And so 
in this vineyard, in this vineyard, um, uh, Jesus says, I'm the true vine. I'm the one who's going to come and I wanted Israel to bear this fruit for me. They didn't do it. So now I'm the true vine. And it's those who are abiding in me or those who are connected to me. I'm the vine, your branches. And the obvious implication is that we who are connected to Jesus are to bear fruit. Right? This is what God said, listen, I chose Israel. And they didn't bear the fruit I had expected. They didn't bear the fruit I desired. So I'm now moving something else. Jesus says, I'm the true vine, not Israel. It's me. And you are, you are the branches. That's you, my friend. That's you. Jesus is the vine and you and I are, let's get that really clear. Verse two, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. There's, again, that's what he's speaking about with Israel. They didn't bear fruit and he took them away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it will, may bear more fruit. Now, this is really interesting because if you're in Christ, if you're connected, and imagine a branch connected to the vine, all right? We recently had, you know, windstorms here and a lot of branches were blown down. They looked alive, but they were torn off from the tree. And so they were now dead branches. They still looked alive. They might have even still had green on them, but they're going to be, they're, they're in the process of dying because they get their life from, from the tree. And likewise, we're branches, we get our life from Jesus. As we are connected to the vine, we will bear fruit. It just happens. It's just that simple. It really is. How does, a, how does a branch bear fruit? It's connected to the tree. And unless the branch becomes sickly or somehow disconnected, it's going to bear fruit. It just happens. The life, of the, the life that creates the fruit comes through the tree into the branches and the fruit is born. And so Jesus says of us if, if, that we're to be bearing this fruit. How do we do it? We stay connected. All right, let's continue on in verse 3. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. So he's just saying what we just said, right? I, I got ahead of myself. The only way the branch bears fruit is if it stays connected to the vine or to the tree. And if it does, it will bear fruit. But if it doesn't, it won't. He introduces this concept, which he says 10 times in this chapter, abide in me, abide in me, abide in my love, abide in my word. He's saying, abide, abide. What's this word? We don't use this word that often. I think just dwell, remain, stay in me, stay connected, stay with me, grow in your love for me, grow in your relationship with me, just stay connected with me. It's so easy to drift. It's so easy to lose sight of the Lord. It's so easy to drift into performance and legalism and, and my fruit would only come if I'm doing all the right things. And we should do the right things. But our fruit comes from being connected to Jesus, does it not? Our fruit comes from being connected to Jesus. What does fruit mean? I think there's two types of fruit in the Bible. 
The first we find in Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. And God wants, as you are connected to Jesus Christ, as you are drawing life from Jesus Christ, as you, a branch, stay abiding in, connected to, remaining with the vine, the concept here, the idea is that you will bear the fruit of the Spirit. What are there? There's nine of them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what God wants to produce in you. He contrasts that with the deeds of the flesh, right? Verses earlier, sensuality, outbursts of anger, immorality, drunkenness, greed, envy, jealousy, these things that destroy relationships. And rather what we have is something that builds the, the king, it's kingdom life, it's spirit life, it's real life. The deeds of the flesh bring death. They kill, they destroy the fruit of the Spirit brings life and life forevermore, life abundantly, life beautifully. That's the fruit God wants to, wants to develop in you. My friend, God will prune you. That's what verse 2 says. Do you, you know, this is springtime here in Ohio now, and we were out, Roz and I were out pruning some uh, shrubs and trees uh, the other day. And why do we do that? We do that, we take out the unproductive ones because we want the branches that remain to be full and green and, and abundant and fruitful. God wants your light to be full and abundant, colorful, vibrant. And so God may prune out of your life the things that are destructive. God may prune the things that, that draw your energy in a wasteful way. And God may fill you up so that the, what remains, what he leaves, will become full. That pruning usually comes in the form of trials. It's usually, you know, just probably that branch that we snipped off, it probably was a little painful to the one that was gone. And sometimes when God does pruning in our life, it can be a bit painful. It can hurt. It can be a trial. It can be a difficulty. Dare I say, endure it. Endure it. Be thankful. Realize that God prunes out the unfruitfulness of us so that what remains will be more and more fruitful. Oh, oh, my prayer for you and me and for all of us is that we will be abundantly fruitful, abundant in love, abundant in joy, abundant in peace, abundant in goodness and kindness, abundant in, in, in gentleness, in self-control, that all of these fruit of the Spirit, we would be abundant I pray that you've got all of these fruit now, but I pray you'll have them still more, still more, that you will excel in love. You will go beyond where you're at and will be growing and growing even at old age. And as long as we stay connected to Jesus Christ, abiding in him, trusting in him, we will continue to bear great fruit. There's a second type of fruit, and that is the fruit we bear in others' lives. In John uh, chapter 4, verse 36, Jesus is talking about the Samaritan people. They're coming out, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, and the whole village is coming out. And Jesus says, already people are sowing, reaping, and bearing fruit for eternal life. In Romans 1.13, Paul says, Paul says, I've wanted to come to you, Romans, so that I might bear some fruit among you as I have amongst the rest of the Gentiles. 
And I think this is what Jesus had in mind when John 15, verse 16, when he says, um, uh, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And so my, my dear friend, God wants you to be bearing fruit in others' lives too. This Christian life is not meant to just be an individual, you know, personal, it's just me and God and no more. No, we're to be bearing fruit in others' lives. You know, love is contagious. Faith is contagious. Courage is contagious. Goodness is contagious. Joy is contagious. All these things, they're contagious. If you've got it and it's overflowing, the Spirit of God is in you and the life of Jesus is, is flowing in you, you're connected to the branch and that life-giving sap is coming into you, that's contagious. Don't hide it. Don't put it under a bushel basket. Don't keep it in your house. Don't, don't be silent. L live your faith loudly. Let others catch what you've got. Share your testimony. Give glory to God. Share the gospel. Share how Christ has changed you. Give hope to other people. Other people, they're, they're dying branches. They're, they're, like a, they're like a branch. Just imagine people that we know and we every day, they're like that branch that's broken off from the tree and it has no life coming into it. It's just withering. It's getting hard, brittle, dying, fruitless. But you can be used by God to bear fruit in their lives. You can be someone who helps them reconnect to the vine, Jesus Christ. And so God will use you and bear fruit. Again, remember in Matthew 4, 19, Jesus said, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. This whole idea of bearing fruit in others can be scary. Well, but what's the key? The key is Jesus makes us fishers of men. The key is be in the vine. He makes you fruitful. We just cooperate with him. This is not our job. It's not the job of the branch that I'm going to bear fruit. I'm going to, I'm going to grow some grapes. No, the, our holy job stay connected and the, the, the fruit will grow. It'll grow in us and it'll go through us. You just walk with Jesus. Now you got a part to play. You can't be, like I said, you can't be timid. You can't hide. You've got to open your mouth at times, but the results are God's. The results are in the hands of God. They're not in our hands. Boy, I'm going long today, but this is good stuff, so I hope you appreciate it. All right, here we go. Let's keep going. God will prune you. God will, why will he do that? So that you will bear more fruit. But look in verse 5. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. He bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Wow. My friend, listen. Your future is not just that you bear fruit, and not just that you bear more fruit, but that you bear much fruit. That's God's plan for you, that you bear much fruit. How awesome is that? Because you see, your fruit's going to remain like John 4, 36. Your fruit's going to remain for eternal life. It's like you're building your assets, you're building your accounts, your, your, your portfolio is growing, your portfolio of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, your portfolio of people that will be in heaven. It's growing. As time goes on, it continues to grow. Now, apart from him, we can do nothing. He's just saying again, stay connected to the vine. But if, in fact, you do, you're going to bear fruit, you're going to bear more fruit, you're going to bear much fruit. Let's, uh, verse 
7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. How awesome is this? This is, this is the life of a disciple. This is the proof. This is the evidence. This is the Father's will for you. So ask. He says, abide in my word. Ask. What's this mean? Some people think abiding in Christ means I just spend all kinds of time alone, like I'm a monk, in, you know, off in some um, you know, monastery or something like that. This, this is what it means to abide in Christ. I don't see it that way. Certainly we need to spend time in the word and prayer that's not the end. That's the means to developing this closeness with Christ. But remember this. All of these things that we're seeing, you can't have love all by yourself. you got to connect with other people. Joy, kindness, goodness, kindness. All these things require, involve connecting with other people. Bearing fruit in others obviously involves connecting with other people. Sometimes people think, well, I'm going to abide with Christ. It means I just spend all this time alone in kind of this heavenly meditation. That may, that may be, be a role for a little bit of that. And indeed, that's what we're doing here each day. We try and refocus. But the fruit bearing, the fruit bearing is when we're off connecting with others. The fruit bearing is when we're serving, loving, good deeds, sharing the gospel, giving glory to God amongst other people. It's not when we see this was Israel's problem, was it not? When they weren't bearing fruit, they were becoming isolated from the rest. They, they were, you know, everybody else is out there, and we're just this little holy huddle, and they didn't bear fruit for God. God wants us to be strengthened by Jesus. <laughs> but remember, how am I strengthened? It certainly helps to spend time in the Word and prayers we're doing here. But the answer is Jesus. You can spend time in the Word and not connect with Jesus. Realize that? You can spend time in the Word and not connect with Jesus, in which case it's not working. It's faith. That's the key. Believing in Christ and dwelling in Christ and not losing your faith. Hanging on. Believing. We get in the Word so that our faith might grow. We pray so that our faith might grow. We abide in Christ. We dwell in Christ. We remain in Christ. We live in Christ by faith. It's not so much the things we do. The things we do are only designed to feed our faith in Jesus Christ. So we do things, but the goal is that faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Bear much fruit. We should ask for that, and we will. I'm going to uh, include my prayer today for our, uh, our good friends. We've prayed for them some here over in uh, uh, Italy, my, my good friend, missionary friend, Paul Myberger, has been a longtime supporter of our ministry, and we of theirs, and uh, I hear that he has a COVID and is not doing well. I don't have more details. I just got the message here a few seconds, a few minutes ago, but we'll make sure and pray for him and lift him up as well. Some people, of course, this COVID gets them really sick, and some show few symptoms, but evidently his are, are worsening. So let's pray together. Father in heaven, Thank you with all of our heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you that we are branches and you have connected us to the vine, Jesus Christ. How awesome. Jesus, we can we acknowledge joyfully, triumphantly, you are the vine. We are the branches. The Father is the gardener. 
Father, we thank you that you, it's your desire that we bear much fruit, more fruit and much fruit. Oh God, we want to be fruitful for you. We want, Lord, to exhibit the life of Jesus in all that we do. We want to be filled with the love of God. We want to be filled with the joy of the Lord. We want the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, to, to fill our lives. We want to be filled with goodness and kindness and, and, and self-control and gentleness. We want, Lord, our lives to be glorifying you. Lord, you, you saved us for a purpose. You didn't save us only because you love us. You saved us for a purpose. You want us to bear fruit for you. You want us, Lord, to, to exhibit your life. How awesome is that? The life that you've called us to exhibit is just your life. You want to live your life through us. You want, to, you want your life flowing through us and, and producing in human beings the glory of God, the goodness of God, the beauty of God, the holiness of God. Hallelujah. What a calling we have. How awesome is this? We're just struck and beyond words, what you've called us to. And thank you, Lord. It's not, it, it, it's, it's almost mystical and we want to learn this lesson and it's like, what's it really mean that it's not us, it's you? We know, Lord, that we're not just to sit around and, on a couch and say the, the Spirit of God's bearing fruit in me. No, we're to be active in life. We're to go about the, the activities of life, but the life comes from you. The, the, the living sap comes through the vine and it's connected to, and it, as we are connected, it comes into the branches and it bears fruit in our lives. We bless you. Hallelujah. You're the key. You're the source. Apart from you, we can do nothing. Apart from you, Lord, we can't be, live this life. Apart from you, we don't have it. Apart from you, we, we have fallen short. Apart, no, in our flesh dwells no good thing. But we're not of the flesh now. We're of the spirit. And in the spirit, the spirit of Christ dwells in us. The life of God dwells in us. Hallelujah. We just, we're just speechless, Lord. We can't express, we, we just feel it's beyond the words we can express. We thank you, you want us to bear fruit in the lives of others. How awesome is that? You've, you've called us to be fishers of men and you will make us fishers of men and you allow us to bear fruit and you allow us, Lord, to find people who are they're the dead branches. They're disconnected and you, you use us as people who will see them connected to the vine and, and that they too can now have the life flowing in them and they too can produce fruit for you. How awesome. What a wonderful calling. What a wonderful thing. Oh, Lord, today we bless you. We praise you. We just say, we remain in you. We believe in you. Lord, we get in the word and we pray and we fellowship. We do all these things to just to, because we're prone to wonder and we're prone to unbelief and we're prone to stray. And so we do these activities and these habits. We do them habitually to help remind us and refocus us that our faith is to be in Jesus, the vine, that we must dwell and abide and stay with you. And so, Lord, we bless you today. We give you this day. This Palm Sunday, where we begin Holy Week, we think, Lord, of how all that's going to happen and we'll leave, what we'll even be studying here each morning this week. It's exciting to think of the week that changed the world. And today begins it with your triumphant entry 
Palm Sunday, the day when you rode into Jerusalem, the Messiah coming into the holy city, entering through those gates, coming from the Mount of Olives. How awesome, how beautiful, Lord, we can see it. And the people saying, here comes the King, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. How exciting that must have been to have been there. And Lord Jesus, we thank you, though, there's an even more exciting day coming. You're going to enter those gates again. You're going to come again. You're going to, we, we fix our hope and anticipation today on the second coming of Jesus Christ. Thank you. We bless you. Lord, today we pray for our good friend and missionary in, in turn Italy for Paul Meiberger. Oh God, we ask for your healing, your strength, your, your hand, your anointing to flow into his life. Lord, I, I don't know all the details, just received a report that uh, seems not seems negative. We ask, O oh Lord, you'd overcome any medical difficulties, any medical limitations. We know we thank you for doctors and hospitals and the medical equipment. They do all they can, and we thank you and bless you for them. But Lord, uh, if, if Paul's in need of something beyond what the hand of the doctors can do, he's in need of your hand, it sounds like, your healing touch, your power to come to him. We pray for him. Lord, we pray that you give him strength. Thank you for the good work he's done for all these years, taking your gospel into this dark, dark, dark place. Strengthen he and Janice. Give them both good health. Give them both full recovery. We pray it in Jesus' name and ask it for his glory. Thank you for this day. We give it to you. Bless our churches today, Lord. Bless our pastors. Might your word go forth in power. Might we go to church today and come out different and better people than when we went in. Let your churches be filled with the glory of the Lord today, and might the people of the Lord be changed as a result. We bless you today. We love you and give you glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 and amen. God bless you. It's been a great day. I've really enjoyed this series. If you haven't caught all of them, you can go back. They're all online. They're all right. You probably see them on my on my page here on YouTube, TomThePreacher.com, the 7 a.m. Statements of Christ. We began them a week ago, and so you can read them all, or you can watch them, listen to them. You can hear them on the podcast if you'd like. You can download the podcast from Apple, Spotify, or the Google platform. So God bless you. Thanks for being with me, and we look forward to being with you tomorrow as we talk about the events of Holy Week and, and what happened in this Our Great Week, the week that changed the world the week that changed us. So I hope you'll join me. Spread the word. Tell your friends at church today. Tell your family. Tell your small group. Uh, tell others. Let's uh, build this, this group as we grow together every day in the Word of God and prayer. Okay? God bless you. Happy Palm Sunday. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Have a great day. Bye-bye.